باب يؤخر الظهر الى العصر اذا ارتحل قبل ان تزيغ الشمس now a few more clarifications regarding joining the prayers okay so you're joining zuhr and asr okay so imam bukhari writes yuakhir zuhr ila alasr a person will delay zuhr until asr so they're doing which type of jamr which type of jamr ta'khir when in which situation idhar tahala when he has begun his journey qabla an tazigh ash-shams before noon the zayg of shams meaning noon so before that in other words it's not time for zuhr yet let's say it's 12 o'clock and zuhr starts at 1:30 for instance okay you set out your journey at 12 for your journey at 12 now after 2 hours it's zuhr time right so what are you going to do you can delay zuhr until asr you can because you started your journey before it was zuhr time fi ibn abbas an an-nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam there is a narration regarding this from ibn abbas haddathana hassan al-wasitiy qala haddathana al-mufaddal ibn fadalata an uqayl an ibn shihab an anas ibn malik radiyallahu anhu qala kana an-nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam idha irtahala qabla an tazigh ash-shams he said that the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam his habit was that when he would set out for his journey before noon akhara dhuhr ila waqt al-asr he would delay dhuhr until the time of asr thumma yajma'u baynahuma then he would join them together wa idha zaghat salla dhuhr thumma rakiba but if it was past noon hmm, meaning the dhuhr time had already entered then what would he do he would perform dhuhr and then start his journey You understand? He will perform zuhr and then start his journey. So, it's zuhr time. For example, okay? Let's say it's two o'clock. You haven't prayed your zuhr yet, and you are driving from Toronto to Ottawa. For example, can you be like, okay, you know what? Let's just start, and then after an hour we'll stop, and then we can join zuhr and asr. We get to shorten the zuhr prayer also. Can you do that? No. because zuhr had already entered when you were still at home you understand clear but let's say it's 12 o'clock it's the time for zuhr has not entered yet then what can you do do you have to wait at home for zuhr to begin so that you can perform zuhr and then start your journey no you can start your journey and then you can stop for zuhr and asr together at any time باب اذا ارتحل بعد ما زاغت الشمس صلى الظهر ثم ركب امام بخاري is making this even more clear okay that when setting off afternoon you should pray dhuhr before mounting meaning before starting your journey حدثنا قتيبة قال حدثنا المفضل بن فضالة عن عقيل عن ابن شهاب عن أنس بن مالك قال كان رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم اذا ارتحل قبل ان تزيغ الشمس The Prophet ﷺ's habit was that when he would set off on a journey before noon, أَخَّرَ الظُّهْرَ إِلَى وَقْتِ الْعَصْرِ He would delay dhuhr until the time of asr. ثُمَّ نَزَلَ فَجَمَعَ بَيْنَهُمَا Then he would dismount and join both of them. فَإِنْ زَاغَتِ الشَّمْسُ قَبْلَ أَنْ يَرْتَحِلَ صَلَّ الظُّهْرَ ثُمَّ رَكِبَ 
And if it was past noon, then he would pray zuhur and then mount. Then mount, as in then he would begin his journey. So basically the point is that you do not join zuhur and asr at home. Okay? You don't do that. What you can do is perform zuhur and then leave. And if it's not time for zuhur, then you leave without performing zuhur. Okay? You don't perform zuhur and asr at home, join them before leaving. Clear? Okay. And this also shows us that we should plan our trip accordingly. Isn't it? Any question? Yes. Okay. Yes. That's fine. That's okay. No problem. Because you were traveling. Okay? You were traveling. The question is that yesterday she left right before Maghrib, right, for a different city, and right before Maghrib. And this was going to be a long trip. So she did not perform Maghrib at home, obviously, because it was not time for Maghrib yet. Now, when she reached her destination, she performed Maghrib and Isha together. She joined them. And that's fine. Even though she drove back late at night, right, and returned home for the night, but that's still okay. Okay? Because she performed Maghrib and Isha together while she was traveling. Okay? You still seem to be in doubt. Yes. This was ta'khir. You delayed the Maghrib with Isha. So it's okay. You perform them in the middle time and that's fine. Okay? That's also fine. Yes. Okay, the question is, would it be okay if she just got back home and then performed Maghrib and Isha together? Yes, that would also be okay. However, given that you would be tired from the whole trip and it would be too late, it's better to just perform while you're traveling. Okay? If you leave at Duhar, Okay. No. So you are leaving at Zuhur time. You perform Zuhur at home, right? And then you start your journey. Okay? So in this situation, can you perform Asr at home before leaving? No, you cannot. Because your journey didn't start. What you do for Asr is that you will stop for Asr. Okay? You will stop for Asr. And if you know that you won't be able to, because sometimes the time for Asr is very short, and if you're leaving Toronto on a Friday evening, you're not going to be able to stop for Asr, then it's just better to wait until Asr starts, perform Asr, and then go. Okay? Yes. Okay, let me answer that first. What if it's Friday? Jumu'ah prayer. Hmm? Remember for the musafir, for the traveler, for men, it is not obligatory to perform Jumu'ah prayer. Okay? They can perform zuhur. Okay? This is for the traveler. But if a person is residing somewhere while traveling, let's say for like three, four days, you're living at somebody's house in a different city, and one of those days happens to be Friday, and the local masjid is literally like 10 minutes away, should you say that, oh, I'm a musafir? No, then you should go. People are going from that house to perform Jumu'ah 
then that man should also go for Jumu'ah. Okay? And in the case where a person does perform Jumu'ah, alright, a man does perform Jumu'ah, then with Jumu'ah, you cannot join Asr. Okay? You don't join Asr. Yes, second question. Okay, Zuhur, you cannot perform before the time of Zuhur has entered. Jumu'ah, also you cannot perform before the time has entered. No. Okay? In a masjid, they do that in a masjid? Perform Jumu'ah before the time for Zuhur has entered? Allahu A'lam, there is difference of opinion with respect to when the time of prayer enters and when it ends. Okay? There is a wide difference of opinion. And I don't want to start that discussion over here because generally, I mean, we are not very familiar with how the sky is and how the sunset and how the sun rises and where, you know, for many people, the zenith, the peak of the sun, you're like, what is that and when is that? Right? Because we've never seen it. We don't know how it is. So it's a completely different discussion which we cannot start here. However, you should be aware that there is a huge difference of opinion. When it comes to Salah time apps even, right? You have options, you know, from which you can choose. Which prayer times do you want to select? Right? Do you want to go according to this madhab or that madhab, that masjid or that masjid? Isn't it? So this is a reality, it exists. So if it's being done in a masjid, I would assume that they're doing that knowing that they can pray zuhur at that time. Alright? So in that situation, I wouldn't challenge them. Go ahead. With what? Zuhur? Yeah. There is a time for Jumu'ah, alright? And of course, to perform that salah, it has to be within that time. Okay? Now, when that time starts, when that ends, there is difference of opinion. And we will respect that. Right? Any other question? Yes, you sister. Okay, congregational prayer for women. Hmm? Is the adhan given? Is the qama given? Meaning when only women are praying? Okay, when only women are praying. There is a difference of opinion regarding that. You know, subhanAllah, I opened a book this morning, Fiqhul Hadith, and there were so many matters related to salah, and there was a, there was a whole discussion on women giving the adhan and iqama. And first time ever, I found that in a classic book, alright, so anyway, I opened it up and I read through it, not classic actually, but it's not very recent, and in that there was a whole discussion about how some scholars actually allowed women to even give the adhan and the iqama because there are reports in which we learn that Aisha radullahu anha she would give the adhan, not in Masjid al-Nabawi, alright making the adhan for the public, no no where there are men and women, a man will give the adhan. 
Okay? But where there's only women, like for example, if these boys weren't here, and if it's just the girls, okay? Like for example, at, at an event, then some scholars have actually allowed that a woman can give the adhan in that situation. Okay? However, because it's something that's generally not known, and it's something that for which there aren't many proofs, personally I think it's better that you don't give the adhan as a woman. Why? Because nobody's going to accept it. Right? While things may be permissible, all right, you still have to be wise. Okay? Something may be permissible, but you still have to be wise about it. And what I mean by that is that don't do things that people are not ready to accept. You understand? Because this will lead to more fitna. It will lead to more arguments, you know, confusion. So in that situation, avoid such issues. Alright? So what if the adhan is not given by a woman? What's the big deal? Have one of the kids come and do it. And even if that's not done, so what? What's the purpose of the adhan? To call people for prayer. Isn't it? And if all the women are together in the room anyway, who are you calling then? Who are you calling? Right? Some women like to give the adhan. Right? They want to. Okay. If you are in a situation where people will not object, fine. But if you are in a place where people may object, then please don't do it. Right? When it comes to iqama, again, there is difference of opinion. Some scholars allowed it based on that narration about Aisha anha, and some did not allow it. Okay? So again, I would say, see where you are. Okay? Yes. Okay, now issues of jama'ah, this is specifically safar, alright, travel. So if we start discussing more and more about jama'ah, then we'll go into a completely different discussion. Let's continue, we have to complete the chapter, okay? Inshallah. Okay, bab salatil qa'id, praying while sitting down. Meaning, if a person is traveling and they are sitting down, can they perform their prayer? Yes, of course they can, as long as it's voluntary prayer. Isn't it? And when it comes to mandatory prayer, then they have to stop and pray. Right? And if they're not able to stop, then of course they will pray while sitting. حدثنا قتيبة بن سعيد عن مالك عن هشام بن عروة عن أبي عن عائشة رضي الله عنها أنها قالت عائشة رضي الله عنها reported that صلى رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم في بيته وهو شاكن. The Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم performed the prayer in his house while he was Unwell. فَصَلَّى جَالِسًا So he prayed while sitting. وَصَلَّى وَرَاءَهُ قَوْمٌ قِيَامًا And people prayed behind him, standing. Why was he sitting? Because he was unwell. Why were they standing? Because they were not sick. They were fine. They could stand. فَأَشَارَ إِلَيْهِمْ So during the prayer, the Prophet ﷺ أَشَارَ إِلَيْهِمْ He, what did he do? أَشَارَ What does أَشَارَ mean? Indicated, right? He gestured to them, an ijlisu that sit down. You understand what happened? He said, sit down. Why, why is he telling them to sit down when they can't stand? They're not sick, but he still told them to sit down. So they sat. Falamman sarafa, then when he ended the prayer, qala, he said, innama ju'ila al-imam, the imam has been appointed liyu'tamma bih, so that he is followed. So you have to follow the imam. 
If the imam is sitting, you also have to sit. This is what he's saying. فَإِذَا رَكَعَ فَرْكَعُوا وَإِذَا رَفَعَ فَرْفَعُوا When he goes into rukur, then you go into rukur. And when he gets up, then you get up. You have to follow the imam. Okay? Now, what we see from this hadith is, the reason why Imam Bukhari brings it here is to prove that a person can perform salah sitting. In this situation, the Prophet ﷺ sat and prayed because he was unwell. Right? While a person is traveling, they can sit and pray. Why? Because they cannot stand in that situation. Alright? I mean, this is of course for voluntary prayer. And if for fard prayer also, a person is not able to stand, like in a plane or a train, then they can sit and pray. Now, from this hadith, does this mean that if an imam is not able to stand because of being sick, then the people behind him will also not stand? From this hadith, this is what we learn. Right? But remember that when we look at different ahadith, we see that towards the end of the Prophet Wasallam's life, right? his final action, his last action was what? That he sat and the people stood. He sat and the people stood. Earlier in his life, at this occasion, he had fallen from his mount and hurt his leg, so he was not able to stand and pray. So he sat and prayed, and he told the people behind him also to sit. But later in his life, what happened? He sat and the people stood. That was the last action of the Prophet ﷺ. حدثنا أبو نعيم قال حدثنا ابن عيينة عن الزهري عن أنس رضي الله عنه قال سقط رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم من فرس فخدش. He said the messenger of Allah ﷺ fell from his horse while riding and his right side was completely juhisha. Or khudisha. What that means is completely scraped. Okay? Scraped. So when the skin is completely scraped, it's wounded, it's difficult to even move it. Isn't it? You know, you may have heard people falling from their bike or from their, not just bike, but a motorbike. Right? It's a bad, serious injury. So in that situation, you can sit and pray. So, Shiqahul Ayman, his right side was like this. فَدَخَلْنَا عَلَيْهِ نَعُودُهُ and Anas anhu said that we came to him to visit him. فَحَضَرَتِ الصَّلَاةِ And the time for the prayer came in. فَصَلَّى قَاعِدًا He sat and prayed. فَصَلَّيْنَا قُعُودًا And we also prayed sitting behind him. وَقَالَ And he said, إِنَّمَا جُعِلَ الْإِمَامِ لِيُؤْتَمَّ بِهِ فَإِذَا كَبَّرَ فَكَبِّرُوا He said the imam has been appointed so that he is followed. When the imam says takbir, then you do takbir. وَإِذَا رَكَعَ فَرْكَعُوا When he goes into rukur, then you do rukur. وَإِذَا رَفَعَ When he gets up, فَرْفَعُوا Then you get up. وَإِذَا قَالَ سَمِعَ اللَّهُ لِمَنْ حَمِدَ When he says سَمِعَ اللَّهُ لِمَنْ حَمِدَ فَقُولُ رَبَّنَا وَلَكَ الْحَمْدِ and don't do anything different from the imam in prayer. Alright? And if you remember this rule, that you just have to follow the imam, so many uh, issues will get resolved very easily. Those of you who were here yesterday for Dhuhr Salah, right? it so happened that I think the microphone fell from the imam or something, but we missed hearing one of the takbirs. So basically, and we couldn't see the imam. Right? Anyway, what happened is that by the time we got up from sajda in the qiyam, when we got up, Imam said, Samir Allahu liman hamida. Alright, so 
we're thinking he's going to go into ruku, whereas he was actually getting up from ruku. And we barely got to recite Surah Al-Fatiha. So in that situation, what do you do? Do you complete Surah Fatiha, go into Rukur, then get up from Rukur? No, you don't. What you're going to do is, no matter where you are, you stop what you're doing and you join the Imam. So Imam said, Samir Allahu liman hamida. And you thought it's time for Qiyam? You stop your Qiyam. Stop your Qiyam. And just follow the Imam. And now he's going into Sajda, you're going to go into Sajda. But you missed Surah Fatiha, you missed your Qiyam, your Rukur. That's okay. When the Imam will end the prayer, what are you going to do? Get up and make one rakah. Okay? Remember when uh, we learned about Sajda Tilawa also? Right? I mentioned to you over there that if you don't realize that the Imam is going into Sajda Tilawa and you went into Rukur, and now all of a sudden you realize this was not supposed to be Rukur, then what? Just join the Imam. Simple. حدثنا إسحاق بن منصور قال أخبرنا روح بن عبادة أخبرنا حسين عن عبد الله بن بريدة عن عمران بن حسين رضي الله عنه أنه سأل نبي الله صلى الله عليه وسلم عمران بن حسين asked the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم and here another narration is mentioned أخبرنا إسحاق قال أخبرنا عبد الصمد قال سمعت أبي قال حدثنا الحسين عن ابن بريدة قال حدثني عمران بن حسين وكان مبسورا he said that Imran bin Hussein reported and he was mabsuran. Mabsur meaning he had the disease, he had this particular disease which is known as piles. P-I-L-E-S. So, قَالَ سَأَلْتُ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ عَنْ صَلَاةِ الرَّجُلِ قَاعِدًا He said, I asked the Prophet وسلم, about the prayer of a man sitting down. Meaning because of his illness, he's not able to stand and pray. So he must sit and pray. فَقَالَ So the Prophet ﷺ said, إِنْ صَلَّى قَائِمًا فَهُوَ أَفْضَلٌ If he can stand and pray, then that is best. If he can stand and pray, then that is best. Meaning even if you're sick, and you try hard, and you try to stand and pray, that's excellent. وَمَنْ صَلَّى قَاعِدًا And whoever sits and prays, فَلَهُ نِصْفُ أَجْرِ الْقَائِمِ then he will have half the reward of the one who is standing. Why? Why? Because the effort is half. What's more difficult, to stand or to sit? To stand or to sit? Standing is more difficult, right? وَمَنْ صَلَّى نَائِمًا فَلَهُ نِصْفُ أَجْرِ الْقَاعِدِ And whoever prays نَائِمًا Lying down, not sleeping. Okay? Don't think that نَائِم here means sleeping. Meaning in the position of sleeping. And what is that? Lying down. Then he will have half the reward of the one who is sitting. Why? Why? Because it's less effort. Right? But what if a person is sick? And really not able to? Then, you see, this is similar to how we learned in the Qur'an that لا يستوي They are not equal. Who are not equal? Those who remain at home and those who go out in the way of Allah. Right? So their status is not the same. Those who go out in the way of Allah, they are spending their wealth, using their time, right? Spending their time, their resources in the way of Allah. So of course, since the effort is more, the sacrifice is more, the reward will be more. Correct? However, one of the companions came to the Prophet ﷺ. Right? And he was not able to walk properly. He had a problem in his 
leg. And we also learn about Abdullah bin Umm Maktoum, he was blind. Right? So these companions, they had legitimate reasons for not going out. I mean, if they could, they would. And many times they did. So they were unable to go out in the way of Allah. So they said that, what about us? So then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed, غَيْرُ Alright? Meaning, with those who stay behind without any legitimate reason. They are not equal to those who go out in the way of Allah. So if a person stays behind, is doing less because of a legitimate reason, okay? Then in that case again, it depends on the intention. It depends on the effort that a person puts. You understand? Like for example, a person is sick. They're unwell. And they're in bed. But every now and then they get up and they go get their charger for the phone. And then they go lie down again. And then they get up. And then they adjust the position of the TV. And they come and lie down again. And then they get up and they go and, you know, get the pizza from the door, whatever. But then when it's time to pray, they say, Oh, I'm so sick, so I'm just gonna sit and pray. No, you're sick. But if you have the energy to go walk to the door, and walk to the other end of the room, and get the chargers and whatnot, you have the capacity. Yes, it might be a little tiring, but you do have the capacity to stand and pray. But if in that situation you choose to sit and pray, then know that your reward will also be half. Okay? But then there is a person who really does not have the strength to get up. Like we learn about the Prophet ﷺ, when he was in his final illness, he woke up, he requested that water should be brought so he could do wudu, he started making wudu, and he fell unconscious. Tried again, fell unconscious. Tried again, fell unconscious. He even had them pour water on him. He was not even able to complete his wudu. This is how sick he was. So in a situation like that where a person is trying, alright, they're putting in the effort, but they're unable to perform the prayer standing, then Allah knows that if this person could stand, he would stand. So this is why their reward will be full. You understand? But if a person says, no, it's okay, I'm sick, so I can take the option of sitting, well, okay, then your reward will also be half. So you decide, you decide how sick really you are, how much strength do you really have, and how much can you really pray? And you know what? Sometimes, yes, it is true, you're not able to stand and pray. But if you try, if you try, it gets easier. Right? I don't want to mention this because I want to brag about it, no, but just as an example, because it may be of a lesson to you. Alhamdulillah, when I was expecting my children, both of them, Throughout, I stood and prayed. Throughout. Until, until I was in the hospital. In fact, I did not pray any prayer sitting. Not a single prayer. And the thing is that even rukur and sujood and getting up, not at all. Alhamdulillah, I did it properly. It's all about your mindset. If you tell yourself, I can do this, you know, stop pitying yourself, right? You tell yourself, I can do it, and you try, inshallah, you will be able to. But our issue is that we get a slight cold. Slight cold. We sneeze a couple times. Like, oh, I'm sick. Where's my tea and where's my tissue box? Right? We pity ourselves. We, we take it too easy. 
But remember that if we'll take it too easy, then the reward will also be accordingly. Alright? Yes. This is an example of naskh. Okay? This is an example of naskh, abrogation. That how initially there is one rule and later it was changed for different reasons. In our time, of course, this is what we'll do. If the imam has to sit, then we will stand. Okay? Yeah. Yes. Subhanallah. Yes. Subhanallah. Okay. Let's just complete this. Bab. إِذَا لَمْ جَنْبٍ When a person is not able to pray sitting down, then he will pray on his side, meaning he will lie down. وَقَالَ عَطَاءٌ إِلَّمْ يَقْدِرْ أَنْ يَتَحَوَّلَ إِلَى الْقِبْلَةِ صَلَّى حَيْثُ كَانَ وَجْهُهُ Ata said that if a person cannot even turn towards the qibla, then he can pray whichever way that he is facing. So for example, sometimes a person is on a hospital bed, they can't move the position of the hospital bed, right, so that they can face the qibla. So you pray in whatever direction that you're in. حدثنا عبدان عن عبد الله عن إبراهيم بن طهمان قال حدثني الحسين المكتب عن ابن بريدة عن عمران بن حسين رضي الله عنه قال كانت ببواسير He said that I had the illness of بواسير which is the same مبسور is the person who's got piles بواسير is piles فسألت النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم عن الصلاة I asked the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم about the prayer فقال so he said صلي قائما stand and pray فإن لم تستطع فقاعدا and if you're not able to stand and pray then sit and pray فإن لم تستطع فعلى جنب and if you're not able to sit and pray then pray while lying down but do not leave the prayer so if you cannot leave the prayer when you're sick at home, you cannot leave the prayer while you're traveling either. Okay, time is up. We still have a couple of ahadith. Inshallah, we'll conclude here. Any questions, please give them in writing. Inshallah. Subhanakallahumma bihamdik. Ashadu an la ilaha illa anta. Astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.